Welcome to episode of 52 of Six Pack Cinema. This week it's just Sheen and I. Since Jimmy's sitting out, we saw Solo, the latest Star Wars spin-off film. Let's get into it, Sheen. Dude, you should review movies. Ugh. Oh my god, yes. Oh my god. Okay, I've okay. got a couple. Movie review. Alright, so quick, like one sentence thoughts. How did you feel about the movie? Yeah, um, still, I'm still torn. One sentence, kind of tough. Uh, well, like a couple of sentences, like without going like super in depth. As a Star Wars fan, I found some points of enjoyment in it. But as a uh, moviegoer with a critical eye, it had plenty of flaws that made it not a great movie. Okay. I I have a, I think it's a very controversial opinion. I don't know if you saw my tweet when I saw it last week. Did not. This is my favorite of the Disney-owned Star Wars. You're ridiculous. Oh, no. And what? I've had at least six people tell me the same thing that saw it this weekend, too. So we can get into that. Dude, I don't. I don't think it's the best plot-wise or anything. I just think it was the most enjoyable. I had so you more. Thought was, you thought it was better than because there's only this is the fourth Disney one, yes. correct? All right, so that makes that first. I thought you meant like the first, the best Star Wars. No, 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 um, no. I mean Empire Strikes Back still, is, remains undefeated for sure. Um, still though, The Force Awakens. I think. I think seeing that opening night, like I did in a packed theater, seeing Star Wars. For the first time in 10 years in the cinema, that was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but mm. I had more fun watching this one. Okay. Um, and I don't know I'll if buy, it's because I'll buy that. I, I went into this movie with, like, dog shit expectations. It was, like, I went into it because we were reviewing it. Otherwise, I would have waited a while to see it. And okay. I I walked out, like, from, from the end of Act 1 to the credits rolled i had a big grin on my face and enjoyed every second of it hmm all right well i'm not going to debate your opinion your opinion's your own however much i disagree with it that's cool yeah all right fine (laughs) all right well let's get into let's start with the first act then all right these like star wars spinoff stories need to get it together because between rogue one and this is first act like they they just so to clarify the first how- act is first act is is Han basically trying to get back to his whole poverty stricken planet to save Kira slash Khaleesi. Yes, we're going to be then, calling then, her Khaleesi throughout this podcast. Pretty much, her name's Kira, but it's easier to say Khaleesi because you know yeah. who she so is. So it's him like as a gutter rat, and then the three year jump, and then the train heist. Yep, up until the point where he realizes that she's not a gutter rat anymore. Yes, and she's shrouded in mystery. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I, I thought this first act was a lot better than Rogue One's, but it was still just very, it was adequate. And it, it was never anything better than adequate. Yeah, I it was passable. Yeah. I, I didn't, I, I'll just start off by saying this, we both, we both can agree that no one was asking for a, a solo movie. No. Correct? I, I agree. I, I think I said that a couple weeks ago in yep. one of our yeah, headlines. I was like, I am not excited for this movie. I don't care about Han Solo's past. So their their job, they were tasked with the with trying to convince the audience within the first 10 minutes that this needed to be made. And they didn't do it. It took probably a half hour, 45 minutes before something of sub- substance appeared. I think the movie started being enjoyable and only picked up steam, at least for me. 
mm-hmm. when Han and Chewie met. And as soon as you get that back and forth between them, I was like, all right, this is Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yeah, you can't have Han without Chewbacca. That's a fact. Yeah. Having Han without him, it was fine, whatever, but it wasn't Han Solo. I have a huge issue with that scene where they first meet. Why? How fucking dumb it was. Why? Just feed him to the beast. First of all, feed him to the beast. Chewbacca's not a... Wookies are not the kind of beasts that eat people like in cages. They're just they're they're not. I mean, it's like, your options are either death or eat people. I'm eating people. Truth, I know he he will do that. But up until this point, with every Star Wars movie, there, it's a constant throwback. Feed him to the beast. The beast is like a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Chewie is not a monster. He's 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 a person with fur that can, that barks. But I I think that just shows to highlight like how horrible the Empire is and how bigoted they were. Like I mean, they had a strict humans only policy. They who treated aliens as second-class citizens. Of course they think a big, hairy monster that could rip people's arms off is a beast. To them, it is. Yep. Sure, no, okay, so I'll, I'll buy that. But the whole back and forth, like, him playing, and then we all know that, that Han could understand Wookiee, but for him to actually do the when he's about to be drowned in, in mud, I was like, give me a fucking break, man. I, I, I'll admit I rolled my eyes at that a little bit, but it's still, it makes sense in the context of the story. Like, you have to speak it to, like, get them to understand you really quick. And when they continue speaking it, it's so that the guards above won't hear their plan. Yeah. I think the reason why that they did this the way they did it was a throwback to, like, a like a, a hat tip to the, to the previous movies. They could have done this so much easier if they just locked them up, chained them up. And usually when they chain up prisoners, they chain to somebody else. Chain them against this, this Wookiee they found. And all of a sudden, they're locked together and they got to work together to break out. That's a good yeah. basis for a relationship. Yeah. Not, don't eat me. We can get out together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, I we got out. I also feel like this is an homage to his extended universe origins, because in that, he was an officer in the Empire, and mm-hmm. was tasked with, like, torturing some Wookiees, and, like, saw Chewbacca's face and, like, felt really bad for him, and ended up killing another officer and fleeing with Chewbacca. Like, taking Chewbacca okay. out of, like, servitude. So this was kind of an homage to that as him as, like, was in the Empire and, like, escaped with him. And that's okay. Um, but you, you, you can't you – can, you can pick one or the other. You, you can either create a movie that has an homage to every comic book or previous movie ever made, um, or you can make a good movie. I think they did both. I don't think they did both. I think they, they, they had too many, like, little throwbacks and, and homages to the previous ones. They, they tied it – tying it into the, to the, to the bigger, larger world, important. They did that okay, but I think they they overdid it to the fact to the point where they kind of ruined it. Oh, I, I it was, it was I think much. it was the perfect balance of like things for what I just said. Everything the, else and what I just said make making making uh, Chewie want to eat Han as a homage to the, well, I don't, the previous. Once again, ones. I don't think Chewie wanted to, but he was no, a no, prisoner. No, no, no. But, the, but creating that situation. Creating the situation of a guy thrown in a pit like like uh, Luke Skywalker was with uh, with Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, that uh, yeah, at Jabba's palace. Same exact thing. Revenge. Same exact scene. Or return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. All right. I mean, After I once what, once they got out, it was great because Chewie and Han together with their banter back and forth working together. Great. And it could it, awesome. it could have been bad. It's very easy with a character like Chewbacca, where the audience doesn't understand anything, for them to be like him. Go rawr, and Han be like, "Oh, so you want to do this?" Like to explain yep. it, and they didn't do that at all. You could just yeah, pick no, up on have... the gist of what Chewbacca said based on their, like, based on the Han's situation. reaction. 
the context clues and, and, and Han's responses, there was all you needed. Yeah. And it wasn't like slap you in the face, what this is what he said. Oh yeah. That was good. It was that was well done. Which you gotta hand it to to Kazdan. Uh he wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and this one. And helped with Force Awakens. Okay. Yeah. And apparently him helping with Force Awakens, he only agreed to do that if he could make this movie. All right. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, it's well, he, like it's been his project for years, even before Lucasfilm was sold to Disney. It's bizarre, if I'm being honest. No, I liked it. He's also spo- well, everything spoiler alert. He's also the reason we got that Darth Maul back. He wanted to bring Maul back into the canon. Yeah, Darth Maul. Be- Darth Maul was the only highlight of the uh, the, re- the the original uh, the episodes one through three. Well, and whole- and Ian McGregor. Sure. No. He did okay, the yes. best with what he could there. Yes. You're right. No, Ian McGregor was was great, but Darth Maul was the shit. Especially in the first episode. Episode one was was ruined and beaten and dead because of Jar Jar Binks. Only only reason only only highlight was Darth Maul. Correct. Oh, I agree. I... And it sucked because they cut him in half and killed him. Yeah. Ruining things. Except so now this you pre-date... see he got some awesome robot legs, so he did not die. Wait, I thought this was precursor to that. No, this is after that. No, this is ten oh, years shit. before uh, uh, New Hope, so it's after Revenge of the Sith. It's five. It's, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because the Empire is already going. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, I didn't. I completely glazed, so, yeah. glazed over that. I I like too that I I saw this movie with people who don't like follow the TV shows or anything. And so they just were like, oh, cool, like, he ended up living episode one and has robot legs. That's awesome. But if you watched Clone Wars and Rebels, he mm-hmm. has, like, a few huge arcs where he, like, had lost his legs and then got robot legs that uh, looked like spiders and then got regular human robot legs. He built up a criminal empire. He took over a planet. He lost his empire. He's been on, like, a crazy journey since episode so he's one. he's been around. But you don't need that to understand he's alive. You just see his legs in that hologram, and you're like, okay, all right, he's still here. Well, then, all right. Mm-hmm. He's gained some weight since he's been at last been on camera. Yes. I was impressed. They got the um, the original guy back to, like, get up and paint. Because so, that was yeah, just what... a stunt actor, Ray Park. Yep. Which I guess was kind of weird because I found out about this afterwards because I wasn't interested. I, I didn't follow the premiere or anything. But I guess he showed up at the, at the premiere and a bunch of fans who knew who he was. I would have never been able to pin, put this guy out of a lineup saying he was Darth Maul. Yeah. But fans were like, oh, my God, Darth Maul's here. Is he going to be in the movie? And so it was kind of like gave away the big reveal at the end. But, yeah, I, I, mean, I would have never. And, like, if somebody told me they thought he was going to be in this movie before I saw it, I'd be like, you're an idiot. There's no way Darth Maul is showing up in the Han Solo film. Yeah. And if someone told me, it's like, oh my god, you see that guy? I was like, who? That guy, he was Darth Maul. He's in the red, red carpet. I'm like, who the fuck? Get a fucking life, man. Figure. But How do you know who he is? But I'd like, also, if they if that was the one thing they're pointing at, I'd be like, well, I'm sure. Like, he goes to all the Star Like, I'm sure he's on the list. I'm sure he was at The Last Jedi. I'm sure he was at... They bring everyone from no, all he, these he wasn't. movies. He wasn't. Oh, no, he wasn't? No, he was. this is the first one he's been at, I guess. Oh, wow. All right. So that I was bad from their part. There, but that, that's what I would assume. Yeah, no, I, I read that. They said like that. It was suspicious because he's been, this is the first one he's been at since the one he was in. Oh, well, that's cool. All right. But he didn't have any lines in that first one, right? 
He had like a couple of lines, like Did one he? line. I thought he was a silent man. No, I mean th- his character was like the silent muscle, but he still said a few things. Okay, well, don't remember that. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well. All right. Let's talk about uh, Han Solo in general. How do you think? Okay. I don't know the guy's name. Aiden. Axler? It's your lock. It's something. Yeah. How do you He's think okay. he did as Han Solo? I liked him a lot, actually. I like the I like the actor. Um, I thought he did a great job. Um, I heard I heard, I know some people were upset because his voice sounded different. Like, well, no shit, it's a different person. Yes. Pick your battles. I man. like that he didn't just do an impression of Harrison Ford. He yes. played Han, and like mm-hmm. this is a Han who's much younger and not as sure of himself. But you can see how this Han, in ten years, will be the Han from A New Hope. He had that snarky little smirk every time he did something. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't. I also love man. that just from from the get go, from when he's a scum rat on Corellia, he's constantly just bullshitting his way out of things, and it never works. That's yeah, probably I mean, my uh, favorite sh- part of Han. Yeah, shitters are born shitters. Like mm-hmm. he is to the core a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work, but he's still gonna do it. It's great. Yeah. That scene where he's like, and 30 men will come right out of my ship as soon as I give them the signal. And Lando just flies off. Was yep. like, yeah, I, I was like, of course that happens to Han. Yep. Every yeah, time. Be smarter. No, actually, he did it the first uh, in the, the, I don't know, the swamp planet. Not the swamp, the, um, when he was poor and, and like looking at that monster in the water. What's the planet when he was, when he was like. Corellia. Yeah. Uh, it was that lady something he was looking at, and he's like, "All right, I got a thermal blaster here," which I thought was very heavy-handed. How the the fucking monster was like, "Me, that's not a thermal blaster. That's a rock." And you just made the clicking sound with your noise, with your with your sound. Like, yeah, we fucking know, man. You don't have to tell us. But I, this I, is I, shit I, writing. No, I loved it. Because it was shit writing. I loved it because everyone else was like stepping back, like, "Oh my god, he has a bomb!" And but it was lady like you Proxima knew it. Like, you knew. You knew he didn't. I know, but you he, you can see that's the point. Like he's mouth. bullshitting, and they're like, "What are I you know, doing? This did... never works." So he just threw it out the window and ran. Yeah, I know, but like just the fact that she like pointed it out and said it word for word what you're supposed to think. I was like, "Come on!" Have her look into me like you're lying. Like covers it. No, I, I loved it because like she was looking around. She it reminded me of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. When Star Lord just starts doing his dance battle with Ronan, and he's staring at him like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is a serious situation. What are you doing?" It, no, that's I, how I, it reminded that, me. I was like, "She's like, I what are you doing? You're an idiot. You don't have anything." No, that that you're discrediting Guardians by bringing it down to that level. That was oh. piss poor, and it started the movie like that was. It was a very weak. Very, very weak scene to start the movie off with. I disagree with that but, being weak, but a weak scene from the beginning. When he gets his last name. I know. That was I the mean, point I was almost like, oh, God, what movie am I in for? Thankfully, I mean, it give me, Give me something, like, not predictable. Say, like, oh, Han, Han alone. Nope, it's taken. Uh, Hans, give, give me, like, a, a, a one that was taken right. Like, don't make it so obvious. Yeah. You know, like, like they did that later on when you assume that he's going to win the Millennium Falcon in the card game, and he doesn't. Yeah, give us a little like, give us a little uh, change up. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean it makes sense that someone who grew up like a gutter rat doesn't have an actual last name and just goes by one name. 
Oh, I think it's a great way to do it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I just yeah. wish they kind of like veiled it a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah, if we're going to pick a reason why his name is Solo, got to be it. It's good. Yeah. Solid, solid reasoning behind it. I don't think we ever needed to learn how he got his name. But if for some reason they felt the need to tell us, I was like, all right, that, that kind of makes sense. It's like fine. Yeah. It reminds me of like it. Ellis Island when like immigrants would come and they were. That's exactly what it is. They just yeah, wouldn't exactly recognize the name. They're like, well. You're going to be Sheehan instead of some weird thing. Yep. Yeah. My, my buddy, a little quick quick Ellis Island thing. My buddy, uh, his family came over. He's Polish. And they um, they started st- spelling his name out. His name is Col- his name is Kologi now, but I guess his original name was Kologiopolis. Mm-hmm. And so they started spelling, like, all right, what's your name? It's K-O-L-O-D-Z-I... E J and the guy's like, nope, that's it, move along. So his name's ends with a J. And his name's Kologi. <laughs> that's awesome. So they like, keep it moving. <laughs> All right. So we talked about Han. I both very very impressed with the actor. This could have been bad. Yep. How do you feel about Donald Glover as Lando? Wait, can I say one thing about backing up to Hans? Because the actor was great. Mm-hmm. But at the very end, did you not feel it was weird how? He was so happy-go-lucky. Like, he was a happy-go-lucky person throughout the whole thing. But then when when Kira slash Khaleesi left, that should have broke his heart. That should have tainted him. Because when we see him in, in um, the very last A New scene. Hope. Yeah, when we see him in A New Hope, he's a jaded individual. Well, the- he hate, He's very resistant to, 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 to uh, Leia because he's like, I'm not going to deal with women. They're, they're the devil. Yeah. This should have been the moment where he became so bitter against women because his heart was shattered. I think this is the moment that starts him down that path. But remember, he still has 10 years to get more cynical and more jaded. And you, know, see, he's, so that means, you know he's going to pop up in other things. Like So they, they want to do a sequel, basically. Yes. Which I think... I, I, I think the perfect sequel is to do a Lando movie and just have Han be a small part of it. Like, for I part agree. of the mission, I, he recruits Han. We need, a, we need a Lando movie for sure. Yes. But, I mean... Han has to be crushed. His, his, his girl fucking lied to him. Oh, yeah. And I think he definitely, Up like, down. The, you can tell by the look on his face when he sees the yacht flying away. I know, but at, but at the card game, he was, you know, yeah. still the happy-go-lucky guy. I, I've, I wanted him to be jaded as, like, set the tone for the Han we know. Yeah. This is this is the movie that sets up the, the Han that we know and love, and it didn't finish the job. Yeah. It's a big complaint of mine. I, agree. I love I, what they did. I love I love Han. Yeah. I love the, their Han, but he needed to get that next step to I, get into the guy that we I have. almost wish they cuz if they cut that last scene with Lando where he's playing cards against him and move it to another sequel where like that's how he runs into Lando again and he gets the Millennium Falcon then so Lando's like fuck, I need to use you for this mission I'm doing. That works then and it ends yeah. on a more somber note of him like looking up and seeing Khaleesi fly away and leave him when he looks heartbroken in that scene. I think it only doesn't work because it cuts immediately to him finding Lando and being like, oh, buddy, like, let's play cards again. Yeah. But can you imagine if they ended the movie without Han getting the Falcon? Can you imagine they had the movie with a card game with Millennium Falcon on the line and they didn't give it to him? I would have loved it. Fucking riots, man. (laughs) That. The, the nerds would have came on full force. That would have been such a tease to him, and I would have loved it. Yeah. I would have liked, I would have liked their reactions for sure, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been a big no-no. Yeah. So, wait, what did you think of Glover as Lando? 
Loved it. Yes. Loved him. He Glover can do no wrong. He is a master of everything, and he's, he, we need to have a Lando movie. Oh, yeah. We what need to. What I also liked was you could tell there was two separate Landos in this. There was sometimes where he was playing up, like the character Lando was playing up the character of Lando for yep. like pomp and circumstance and all that. And then a couple of times, like when L3 died and a few other times, when he was serious, it dropped. And his whole demeanor changed, and he sounded and looked just like Billy D did. Like, I know. It was kind of creepy, Yeah, there was honest. a couple of times where if you had told me Billy D came in and did ADR, I'd believe you. For sure. Yeah. And I, I liked how he did both. I mean, he was in, uh, he was in Empire, correct? Yeah. Um, Empire no, re- Empire is where you first meet him, at Cloud City. Yes, when he freezes Han. Mm-hmm. Um when you first meet him on on the uh, the tarmac or the helicopter pad or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. he is that that showboating son of a bitch that is from the card game. That guy. Yeah. But then when they when when Leia approaches him about two timing his his friend and he's all somber mm-hmm. and like you don't know that that's the other guy too. Yes. Which Don Glover captured perfectly. Oh yeah, I I cannot wait to see more of this Lando. Yes, I mean Lando, he was an interesting character before. But you put Donald Glover into there, and it's just like, woo, okay, oh, yeah. we got we got fire here. He, Donald Glover is the gas. only person I think who could have been put into that role and captured the swagger of Billy D. Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. I don't know, I don't know every actor that's on the uh, in the, the role decks, but mm-hmm. Donald Glover's top choice for me. Yeah, at least of like A list actors, and you know yeah. they were gonna go A list for him. And if 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 he wasn't already a list, I mean, he, after Atlanta, yeah, I know he probably he was he's mm-hmm. in there before before Atlanta. I know he wasn't, he was not. Atlanta, he's in the conversation, but after this, I think he a hundred percent is a list. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And um, he's a wonderful musician. Did you catch the so when Lando's robot L three dies and they put her into the ship? Did you catch that that's in the first or it might have been Empire when? C-3PO, like, connects with the uh, Millennium Falcon. He's like, ooh, your ship has such a peculiar dialect. And the same noise she she makes when she, like, hits her head to boot up her nav system is the same noise the Millennium Falcon makes when they have to hit it to boot up the nav system in later ones. You're absolutely right. I I didn't piece it together, but, yeah, no, no, I remember that scene. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's such a Good. little... Th- that's what I loved about all these callbacks to the other ones. It's such a little thing that, like, if I didn't tell you that, you just wouldn't have known, and that's perfectly fine. You can enjoy the movie yep. without it. But knowing that now, you're like, oh, shit. Next time you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, man, that's L3 in the ship. Yep, yep. So h- how did you like L3? Did you find her to be annoying or a, I, a, a good a good addition to the movie? It, it's She was straddling the line. I think hard straddle for oh, sure. Oh yeah, there's some scenes where she was super annoying, but I also like I love the scene where like she was talking to Kira and Kira's like, "Would that even work?" And she's like, "Oh, oh it yeah, works. that was." And she's like, "I'm in the same boat. Lando is so in love with me, and I'm just like, dude, we're friends." Yeah, <laughs> like that scene. She I was loved. such a catty bitch. I loved her. Yes. Up until I, I was out on her. I mean, she was okay. I, I enjoyed her her banter, but I was out on her. Up until she did the uh, the droid uprising, yes. and then she like embraced it. She's like, "Everyone, you're free!" <laughs> and like she she basically turned into Oprah for droids. And it was a I, 
I, I loved it. Yeah. And it started she, she with flipped an the switch, comment. and I was like, this, this might be stupid, this might be like a dumb, might be too hard, but they went far enough to the point where it was, it fit. It was great. Yes. And it I loved, and, I just love yep. that it started with an offhand comment. She's like, just trying to get the droid out of the way, and she's like, just free your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she worked well. For sure. Um, I thought she would. I thought she was the uh, the uh, the girl from um, fuck uh, Lord not Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones. I thought she was uh, Lady Brienne, but she was not. It was the not? voice sounded like, no. The voice sounded exactly like Lady Brienne. Yeah. I mean, I guess they wouldn't use her because she's Phasma in the new ones. Uh, yes, true. But I, the whole yeah. time I thought that there was like a Lord, Lord, uh, yeah Game of Thrones crew on the set. I didn't think of that, but now that you tell me that, that she does sound a lot like her. Identical. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the other two people in the crew. I think we can talk Kira pretty quick and then get into Woody Harrelson's guy. Okay, yeah, let's, let's – Kira, two words. Fuck you. I mean, I agree, I like, like fuck you for leaving Han. I, I was I, I, impressed with Khaleesi's acting, though, because before this, oh, yeah. I, I was in the boat where I was like, Amelia Clark's only good in Game of Thrones. She can't act outside of Khaleesi. Oh, no. I've only seen her in this and a couple, like Terminator, which she was horrible in. Oh, well, no, no, no. There, there was a movie where she was like the, the caretaker for a guy who was paralyzed. Oh, I didn't. I've never seen that. Fantastic movie. A real tear, tear jerker, yeah. for sure. All right, yeah, maybe I'll I, check that out. I didn't want to watch it, and like Shannon was watching it one day, and, and like I came in and I saw it halfway through. I was like, this is stupid. Some chick flick sucked me right in. I was sitting there on the couch. I was like, I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying, guys. So my new... I don't know what accent she has in that movie, but my new theory is she can't act when she has to do an American accent. It's only when she's just in her natural British accent. Okay. Um, just based on what I've for seen. Sure, yeah, I think I think you know her more as an English actress yeah. so that you, you associate that accent as being fake and that kind of ruins it for a little bit. I think she pulled it off just fine. Yeah, no, I, I thought she was great in this. Yeah. I was very, yeah. very happy with her because she was the one part going in too besides the main guy playing Han. I was like, oh, yep. she, if these are the two leads, this could be very bad. No, I think she, as as acting-wise, great. She, I thought she didn't skip a beat. Um, she kind of – originally I was like, oh, Khaleesi, 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 Khaleesi. But halfway through I was like, all right, well, this is a, this is a different character now. Yeah, this, I, is, I, I, this is Which, is, which is a, a struggle for someone like her who is not typecast per se but – known very very well for uh, a major character somewhere else so she did a good job uh the character itself kira hated hated yes. it so much although She's i such a bitch i did love somebody else pointed this out to me but she just was the perfect representation of like life go- going on because typically in these stories where like the man gets pulled away and he has to like go back to rescue his girl who he thinks is a damsel that he needs to rescue and that's the story and that mm-hmm. was his mission still like they were going to do the heist for uh Paul Bettany's character and then he was going to buy a ship and go back to rescue her and he runs into her and she's like no I got off Krillia I'm like a lieutenant in this mob now like she just took care of herself mhm and yeah that's good for you know yeah. women's rights and yeah no i just felt like yeah. that, that was a good twist because a lot of times no, it was good that. you're right i just wish that when the, you saw her again she'd open her fucking mouth and she'd explain for give me a two-minute rundown of where you've been the past three years yeah don't be such a bitch and like shrouded in mystery yeah it's not cool <laughs> he loves you he 
He loves you. I, I also Talk to him. like the parallel between her and Han, where Han was he couldn't help someone in the beginning, and that defines him for the rest of his life. Like he may be like cynical and cold-hearted, but when it matters, he goes back for that. Like he went back for Luke. He gave the rebels in this the fuel. He tries to help people. He he was going back to help Kira, and yep. she. She had an option, like she had the chance, and she helped him get out. She told him not to come back, and she learned to never help someone again. So I find I really like that parallel between them. Like yep. from then on, she was just looking out for herself. And I do love how she nailed it uh, in the conversation at the end. She was like, he was trying to say, "No, I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the outlaw." And she's like, "Buddy, you're not the bad guy. You're the good guy who wants to be bad, and you're not. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna be the good guy down." And he he is. He is. The good guy. Yeah. Despite being an outlaw and uh, a convict and a guy on the run from the law, yeah, like he's said, always going to be that guy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's why he went back for Luke. It's why he went back for Kylo. It's why he gave exactly. them the, the fuel. Hindsight, he, he shouldn't have gone back for Kylo. No. Big mistake. <laughs> Real big mistake on his part. Oh, yeah. But, hey, it worked out the rest of his life. <laughs> except, for, except for when it ended. <laughs> Ouch. All right. Let's hop into Woody Harrelson's guy, Tobias Beckett. How did you okay. feel about him in this movie? Um, I liked him overall. I'll just say I liked him overall. I will say this: his um, his hair was distracting because <laughs> I know he's bald as a fucking cue ball. Don't know what the hair added to it. Just almost as bad as the fake hair on his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's beside the point. That's just like a little like you know visual ticky tacky for for me. Um. I thought, he, I thought he was good. Um, mentor, for sure, to Han. He's definitely the guy who set the tone for being an outlaw and a, and a wannabe bad guy. Only difference is that he was actually a bad guy. Yes. And he was a really, really bad guy with no redeeming qualities. Yes, but he was so charismatic. like Charismatic? Charismatic, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, that you wanted to believe he was just like Han. Yep. Like, you saw that, and he's like, oh, he's just, like, older Han. Like, he's going to be, like, cynical and stuff, but when it matters, he's a good guy. Nope. Yeah. I yeah. I thought that was great, and I just love their relationship. And even the, in the beginning when he's, like, because as long as he's not getting screwed, he is a good guy. He was like, trust no one. Everyone's going to betray you. And I took that to, like, mean, like, oh, foreshadowing Khaleesi's going to betray him. <laughs> Like not, yep. I I thought Beckett would like die or something in this, which he did. But like, uh, I I didn't think yeah. he was going to be the one to betray him because he he just reminded me so much of older Han. I figured he would, but I didn't see it coming at the end. I'll say that. Yeah. Because um, it also felt well, like be, they were be, setting him up just for another sequel when like yeah. Han goes to Tatooine. Yeah, and he yeah. Um, before we get into the last scenes, I think we should really dive into that last scene. Um, how do you feel about the, the, I, I thought it was super shitty, the heist to get the, I'm going to call it Quantonium. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> That's not even close. It's yep. something with the C. Correct. Yeah, what the fuck's, what's Quantonium? I what was that from? I don't, Jimmy Neutron? <laughs> I don't I'll look that up. Um, I didn't, I didn't, the fact how his girlfriend just straight up killed herself for a heist. Fuck man. That was so stupid. I thought that too, and so stupid, man. I, I was reading the Reddit afterwards, and 
somebody had pointed out, like, yeah, her options were either fight those flying droids and lose, because she already was fighting them and couldn't beat them, not blow the bridge and sit there and be killed by the droids anyways, and then Han and her husband or whoever will get arrested and probably tortured and killed, or kill mm-hmm. herself, and they get away and she's, like, they get the... Well, no, or what, ha- what what happens oh, – excuse me, I was Googling something, so I didn't really hear the first one. What happens, and I know if she doesn't blow the bridge, mm-hmm. is they – Trips the alarm. Re- well, no, they release they release the, um, uh, the cables because mm-hmm. they can't go past where they are. Release the cables, they shoot up the, uh, the robots, and they pick her up in the, sh- in the ship, and they go away. The pirates are gone because they, the – since they no longer have the quantonium, they uh, <laughs> they're gone. So they, yeah, so it's just once the once you can't blast it, it's abort mission. You unplug, you pick her up with the ship, and you go home. But I, I also feel like going through her head then is she was like, we're doing this mission for Red Dawn. They're gonna kill us if we don't do this. Like in her mind, remember it's a spur of the moment decision too. She's like, either I can die and my husband gets away with this, and like. True. Can, no, that's a valid point. Yeah. Or yeah, I can see that. we can try and spend the rest of our very short lives on the run. Yep. So okay, maybe maybe it was a good call. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she should she should have done a better job. I don't that too. I agree with that. But for uh fun fact, Quantonium, I looked it up. It's from the movie Monsters vs. Aliens. One of my favorite animated movies ever. I don't think I ever saw that. Watch it, yeah. seriously. I, I love animated very... movies. It just I'm that one slipped through the cracks. That was my first ever that was my first movie I saw in three D. Yes. So one last thing I want to touch on with this movie is the yep. music. A lot of people love like the music in Star Wars movies. Uh I, what's his name? John Williams came back to do one thing for this movie, which was Han's theme, which mm-hmm. that that seems right for John Williams to come back and do that. Oh yeah. Um and then two when Beckett hopped on the turrets when the TIE fighters were chasing them. I don't know if you... Turret? Turret? Yeah. Whatever. I'm fumbling over turret. words tonight. <laughs> uh, it was Luke's theme that comes on from the first time he does it. Really? Yeah. So it's not Luke's theme, it's the turret theme. <laughs> Apparently it's, a, it's titled Luke's theme. But, That's, but in reality, it's the Millennium Falcon's turret theme. Yes. I, I like that. Okay. That gave me a little bit. And then... At the end, when Darth Maul shows up again, Duel of the Fates played. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's the best song in all of Star Wars. So you're saying these names, and I, I, I cannot pick these out in my, really? my brain at all. Yeah, no. Um, you in should... the moment, when I'm, when I'm watching these movies, I'm so immersed in it. I, the, the music does its job. Yeah. It sets the tone for me to listen. I don't pick up and listen to this. I'm not sitting there like, oh, well, this is a wonderful ditty. I love this song. After I, this, I, you should just it, go it to YouTube it. and play Duel of the Fates, and it'll immediately bring you back to it's – in, it's in episode one when yeah. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are fighting Maul. Oh, okay. That's a great scene. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, It's the music from that scene. All right. No, no, I know that scene. Yes. Yeah. As soon as that came on, I, I got goosebumps because – that's probably the best piece of music from, if not all of Star Wars, at least definitely the prequels. That might be one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars when they're they're like channel locked and the and Obi Wan can't get to. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. Qui Gon. Qui Gon. Qui Gon. Yeah. yeah, I that was amazing. So you had to sit there and watch his his mentor die uh, helplessly. It's so, 
heart wrenching. Yes. So something a buddy of mine said to me the other day. Well, it was today actually over text. Um, the other day, uh, two minutes ago. <laughs> well, I it was this morning. It's been a okay. long day. <laughs> um, they think these the next three of these, including this one of these spinoff stories, is going to end up being a Darth Maul trilogy, which I think could be good. So it's this one where he's reintroduced, and mm-hmm. then the next one's Boba Fett, where you just have Boba like on a mission for him. It doesn't even have to be like the main story, but part of it is that. So like you get him a little bit more there, and then the third one is Obi Wan Kenobi, because you know that's where the like he has to end up is yep. fighting Obi Wan Kenobi. Do you think that would cause uh, Star Wars fatigue? I mean, I they have to pace them out like. You get Boba yeah. in, like, 2020 is that the next one, I think. And then, so you'd get the Kenobi one in, like, 2022. Okay, so they put all their efforts into this one because they, they've got one more, uh, I call them real Star Wars movie for the main arc. Yes. Um, well, then, then after that, they focus all their energy on this next arc, I guess. Yeah, I think they'll do that. And then at the end of that, I know they've already signed on Ryan Johnson. He's doing a trilogy of Star Wars movies that are not part of the main arc either. Which I'm excited about that. I, yes. I am done with the Jedi bullshit and the uh, I hope he goes back callbacks. to the Old Republic. Yeah, no. I, I, the, 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 the universe of, that Star Wars lives in is actually very interesting. It's, it's full of outlaws, full of stories that need to be told. Oh, yeah. Very excited about that. Um, For sure. My problem comes into the into when you start trying to tie in all these like fan fed comic books and video games and TV shows, and it just gets convoluted and and you, like scenes scenes like the um, Strecker Stre- Woody Harrelson h- handing him his, Carter's him rifle. A Strecker. Oh, Striker. Oh, I thought you called him Shrek. No, no. What's his name? Striker. It was Beckett. Beckett. Oh, I'm gonna call Striker. Um. When he just breaks down his rifle and, they, and hands him the uh, the pistol, because they had to make up for the, the dumb fact that the property gets put a scope on his handgun back in the seventies. I get I get bothered by that. It's like, oh, you've a, you have a lefty gun with a, with a fucked up scope, because you wanted it to look like a blaster and not like a regular gun. So you have to explain it. It's just stupid. Yeah. Shit. See, like that stuff, I like I can roll my eyes at, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. I think the rest of the movie it, it like elevated it. it. No way above those it doesn't ruin it but the people like the the true fans like they cut themselves over that stuff and i i just get bothered by it yeah fair all right all right all right so we 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 need to talk about two more things i I want is the the final scene with with everyone together and the big culmination and how it's doing yes the numbers yes well let's save the numbers for before we reveal of course yep so that scene which scene are you talking about? The scene where they they tried when when there's fifteen fucking double crosses within within the course of five oh, minutes. Oh, when like they actually brought the plutonium or whatever, whatever what were you called? Quantonium. Quantonium to uh, Red Dawn, and then like we're planning on ganging up on that guy's guys, and then Beckett betrays them all and steals Chewbacca. Yes. I like. Up, I like that. Scene. I'm looking up. I'm looking up what this fucking word it's is. Coaxium. Coaxium. There I we said go. it earlier, but I thought we Sorry. were just going with quantonium because it's much better. I like quantonium. Okay, coaxium. Yeah, that scene itself with Paul Bettany. You, you get a, everyone, every all the heavy, heavy hitters in one spot, and 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my, 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 my train of thought. I thought it was fake at first. I thought they were bringing up some fake doodads. Mm-hmm. All right. I thought they didn't have guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, fuck. Kira slash Khaleesi double-crossed him. Cool. Because Paul Bettany from the start, he was like, oh, this guy's acting weird. Which and then we find out he wasn't because then Beckett, oh oh boy, Beckett, who oh, I thought walked away, he's uh, double crossing again, and then they double crossed everyone, saying, oh well, hey, by the way, this is the quanto- uh, coaxium, and oh wait, there, there, I, I lost track of how many fucking double crosses. Well, there I love were. right there when they're like, this is the coaxium, and Beckett just immediately kills the guards, and he's like, I got some thinking to do, and I like to be the only one with a gun while I'm thinking. Excellent line. Yeah. Great line. That was fantastic. And but just, really quick. Everything you just, shifted so much. Oh, yeah. I, I like that, though. That's exactly what I wanted from, like, a Han Solo movie. It's double-crossing, space western, smuggling. To me, it, sound, it, it, it felt like I was sitting there watching a movie that Michael Scott wrote. Uh, it never got to that level for me. Because... You know that scene when they're when they're when they're reading the uh, the from the office one. You got Dwight, uh, Michael, and Pam all like yeah. pointing guns at each other. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it was so stupid. Like, oh, I loved it. Everyone double crossed everyone. The only thing you can count on was the fact that someone was doing the opposite of what they said they were gonna do. Ugh, How it, did- just, it's, it felt it felt like just too much. I, I, that's exactly what I wanted from like a smuggler movie. But um, how do you think Paul Bettany did in this? Oh, amazing! Yes, I'm glad he like. I feel bad for who was it? Omar from The Wire who got replaced? Yeah, Michael K. Williams. But apparently he wasn't even going to be like a human. He was going to be a giant cat person. Ooh, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why they maybe that's why they bailed him because they don't want any association with Black Panther. Maybe. So instead, they get association with fucking Vision. Yes. But I thought he was great. There. His first, <laughs> like, literally, vision. Yeah. I loved his first scene where he was like stabbing the guy, and then he like puts mm. the knife down. Like he's shaking a little. He shakes it out, and he's like, "I don't know why I get so worked up. It's a party. Let's have a drink." <laughs> yep. I like this uh, when he got mad. Like his veins or whatever, mm-hmm. like like were really red. Oh yeah, his like claw marks on his face. See, I always you reminded me earlier um, when we, we talked about the uh, headliners. And you said that your his first uh, your first memory of Paul Bettany was uh, a Knight's Tale. Yeah, he is, and I agree with you because he's, he's that's my first memory of him too. I didn't realize that until you said it because I didn't know that was him. He's so good he's, in that, and it's so wildly of, different than the other things. That he does. character character is one of my favorite movie characters ever. Mm-hmm. So so outgoing, so full, full of confidence, and just bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Bettany. I just associate with some British, super suave, intelligent gentleman. And we got, we didn't get that here. We got a badass who is a, an enraged maniac, and he plays. Oh, How yeah. talented is Paul Bettany? He's very low-key, amazingly talented. He, he, went, he skyrocketed up my charts with this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I feel like we could, we could talk about this movie for hours. Let's yeah. get into... How it's doing at the box office? Do you have the numbers? Uh, I believe after, as of Tuesday morning, they had 103 million dollars domestically. Which you know, some people would be like, "That's not so bad." That's a very decent take-in for four days. That's 25 million dollars a day, 
some movies, most movies, don't even clear that for their entirety. Oh, yeah. Problem is, though, this was projected at 150 for the weekend. Yeah, so the three-day weekend. Yeah, so that's three million short. And uh, those of you is listening... Is it 150? Huh? 150? Yeah, it was like 153 was what it was projected at. Yeah, that's $50 million short. What did I say? Three. Oh, my bad. Huge difference. Yes. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of behind-the-scenes drama. Those of you know, uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, I may have got their names mixed up there, they were fired as directors, but apparently 80% of the movie had to be reshot when Ron Howard came in, which ended up doubling the production costs. So mm-hmm. it ballooned up from like sixty or seventy thousand to like one forty, or not thousand million. Yep. So it is a flop in that sense. I think it'll easily make the money back on merchandise and farther. I think it'll be in the green by the end of this weekend. Honestly. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's. I think it's already in the green as of right now. Yeah. Which, because this is being released on June first, a Friday. Uh, no, sorry. It's released. Wait, fuck it. No, it made the money back. It made it back. Oh, all right. For sure. That's good. Um, but it's it's a flop because it's a Star Wars movie. Yes. And that's the only reason why it's a flop because you pull in over a hundred million dollars over a weekend. It's 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 success. If you make the money back, what you spent on it is a success. Yes. But the a reason another well, I I wrote out a few reasons why I think. This is flopping yep. in addition to that. I'm just going to run let's, through them let's all. Let's run down them. Yep. So the first is the release date. It's just after Infinity War and Deadpool 2. That were two yep. movies that were very hyped up. They had huge marketing plans. Like People knew those movies were coming. And as we said earlier, this is a movie no one was asking for. Did, yep. did it end up being good? I think yes. I think it's a lot better than most people thought it would be. But it's in the middle. It's in the same month as two of the largest releases of the year. Of course, it's exactly. going to get and, overshadowed. And the the average public goes to a movie once every two months, I believe it yeah. is. So I mean, you've got people going to if you're like a diehard like superhero because it's the same genre as the Avengers and Deadpool. Yeah, in my opinion, you know. So it if you have people going to see those two, mm-hmm. they're not going to see a third. It's just the average it's, person it's doesn't go to movie to three see in a row. Three movies in a month. Let's see a movie pass. Shout out movie pass. Sponsor the pod. Sponsor us now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the second, it's still my second point was the release date again. It's only been five months since the last Jedi. I, I said mm-hmm. this earlier, or it might have been on our headliners episode, but for the last three years, Christmas has been Star Wars time, and everyone's off from work, everyone's off from school, and you go and see it with your family. And for some, like I know traditionally back in the day they were all released in May. But it worked, being Christmas as Star Wars time. There's no competition then. Yep. I don't know why they didn't just push this back. Don't know why. It's not a summer movie. I feel like to, to watch Star Wars appropriately, I need to feel cozy. And to do that, it needs to be during the winter time. Yes. Christmas. Um, New Year's Day. That, that, that's when you watch Star Wars. Oh, yeah. For sure. Then I also think The Last Jedi reception played a part in this. At least a little bit. I yep. think you and I liked it. But it was a very yeah. divisive movie among fans, and there's a lot of people who, I think, if this came out in December, they would have seen it. They would have gone to see it. But now they're still like a little hurt from the last Star Wars movie. Fucking idiots. And then the last. Just truly idiots. Yes, but we'll move on from that because some of those mm-hmm. idiots might be listening. So 
Keep if listening. You're listening get, get off. I don't fucking want you here. Uh, I disagree. I don't. I don't. If you th- the only people I don't want are people who eat popcorn when they take it home from the movies. Fine. I don't. I, don't, I won't listen to this one. But <laughs> if you if you want to like later on you say boycott hashtag boycott solo. Yeah. If you want to boycott a fucking movie because you didn't like the way they did it last time. Up yours. Also, what do you want? What do you want them to do? You want them to reshoot the movie to your liking? Fuck off, man. Well, You're yeah. not important. Fuck those people. But did you also see the? Did you click that hashtag on Twitter? No. Some of it were like, "This will show the social justice warrior, Kathleen Kennedy, all that stuff." And all I could think was, "So you're gonna boycott the Star Wars that's featuring a straight white male lead? Like, if you're against the social justice warrior uh, agenda?" Jeez. Yeah, no, it, people who are about just jump on these 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 hashtag wars. It's just it's stupid. But get a grip. My last. You're not gonna you're you're not gonna change the outcome of the movie that you just watched. It's not changing. It yeah. happened. Don't watch it. I don't care. But don't boycott it because boycott means you want change. What are you trying to change? Yeah, it's stupid. It happened. The last point I'd say was the weak marketing. The first trailer just released like two and a half months ago. It hasn't had uh, a ton of Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Was it out. the Super Bowl? Yep. All right. So three months ago. Still very very soon for yes. like one of these movies. And I think my personal theory on that is because the production cost doubled because they basically had to reshoot the whole movie. That ate yep. up the marketing budget, and that's why we didn't get a good marketing campaign for this. No, that's that's a very reasonable assumption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any other thoughts on those? Or should we hop? No, I think our... you. you, you... You nailed them. All right. Well, let's hop into our rankings and review. Uh, or not review. We just did our review. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you always do this. Every every week you do this. It's because they... Ratings. Yeah, ratings. Ratings. Ratings and ratings. Let's start with critical. What are you giving it, Sheehan? Um, I have a lot of issues with the writing. I have a lot of issues with the, the forced nostalgia trip. If... If you're looking at, we have to do this now. We have to look at these movies as if they're a standalone movie. We, we've already made that commitment because we did it with Thor and and the Avengers movies, you know. But can, before a, you say your next point, yep. then can okay. I say I think this movie does do that, and you only notice all the forced nostalgia stuff because you're as big a fan as I am. So you notice it. People who had no idea about Hans Gunn don't notice that's a callback. Okay. No. No. I. I'll disregard your your statement because it, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. If you're because people who don't know they don't know, but people who don't watch Star Wars and watch the movie, they say, "Wow, this was fucking dumb. How many uh, double crosses can you have? Nah. How how rushed can you have the backstory? Kira, tell me a little bit more. To, like it's just there's so many nah. things they left out because they want to they they're they're baiting for sequel and they're relying on the assumptions of. This stuff you already know. Um, I disagree. I think this is the perfect Star Wars movie for fans who, or for people who aren't fans. Um, again, we're just, we just have to disagree. Yeah. That's all. Fair. Uh, so my, it still it still wasn't bad to watch, but it, it critically it, the storyline got me. The um, I, did you find that watching it was tough because the lighting was really fucked up? No, but I was reading some stuff about that online. Because on I ha- I. I, th- I thought it was my theater because I, I went to a different theater this time because mm-hmm. it was close to my, my work. And I'm sitting there like, I can barely, I can barely see things. That, like, I, I wasn't going to go back to this theater because I thought it was because of the, the actual, like, the, the room I was in. No. They just, like, couldn't light it well. 
Yeah, I don't know what I I could see perfectly fine in mine. So I, it was it was a struggle for for like I've heard not, it's a lot like, of theaters that are like that though, but it's not all yeah. of them still. So I don't know if it's just it was shot weird and nobody told all the theaters that they had to like project it at a certain brightness. I don't know. I don't I don't know. It was but it wasn't full scenes either. It was just like parts of scenes. That's weird. I didn't notice that. Very weird. It was very weird. So um, yeah, I I, I gotta give it a uh, lower than I would. I say seventy two percent. Okay. That's fair. Yep. I I didn't have that lighting problem. I I like the writing. Like I said, this was meant to be a throwback to westerns and smuggling movies, and I felt that's exactly what this was. Just set in space. It's this was my absolute best case scenario for a solo origin film, and I I like the writing besides the first act. That first mm-hmm. act, it is so slow in my opinion. I like I said when he was getting his last name and doing all that, I was rolling my eyes. Yep. Yep. So I, I had to knock off quite a bit just for that first act. But I, the I third liked, of the movie. Yeah, I liked as soon as he met Chewbacca. From then on, I was like, all right, I'm in on it. I'm, I'm in on this movie. So I gave it an 85. I took off 15 points for that first act. I feel like, that, I feel like that's pretty high. Uh, yeah, but... All right, so... Ooh, calculator. Jimmy's not here to do calculator. I feel like <gasps> Jimmy hasn't calculated anything in a while. Damn him. <laughs> so, I have to do it myself. 73 plus 85 divided by 2. Well, I fucked that up. It's not 15. <laughs> wow. This is great radio. 79. That that seems fair for this. Yeah, I'll give it that. The C plus? C plus, 79. So, Popcorn, cool. how did you feel like, enjoyment-wise of this movie? Entertainment value. Because I mean, because I'm a Star Wars fan, I, I, entertainment is is more fluid between genres, so I'll I'll rank it as a, a Star Wars fan. I'll I'll give it a four. Fair. I mean, I yep. I already said earlier, this is my favorite of the Disney one. Like, I had the most fun watching this. I'm the most excited to re-see this out of all of them. I okay. I want to go see it in the theaters. If we weren't seeing another movie for the podcast this weekend, I'd go however, see this again. However. You hated the first act. I did, but from the time he met Chewbacca to the very end was so fun. I had such a grin on my face. This was a five out of five. If I could give it a, oh, fuck if off. I could give no, it a six, if you, I would. No, if you if you tell me the whole first fucking act was slow, that is and how like strong it. the second two acts are. Oh my god! I love this movie, and I bet you're, you I would enjoy the first act more in a review. You're oh my, knowing you what's are, coming. Demerit points, Dave. No, I love this movie. This is high up on my Star Wars. Because of the, the whole, the past, like, what, 45, no, 50 minutes we've been talking about this, you hate, you're shitting on the, the first third of the movie, and you're giving a five out of five? Yeah. Because it's, not, it's you, not even the first third, it's just the Krillia prologue, really. Because I said, Your judgment from the past we, 52 episodes is now invalid. No. You're just mad that I love this movie. And like you I'm said, mad you're just, I'm, I'm mad you don't see bad movies when you see them. I do. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, fine. I love so this. So four and a half, cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's not, I like Jimmy, I rate, I, it's not like I rated it crazily different than yours. But I got a Jimmy score, and Jimmy gave it a, a one and a half, so no. we got to bring it down. Like I said, if I could give this a six, I would. I had so much fun in this movie. 
What are you drinking? Your, what are you pairing your with? Your sheep. It? What am I drinking with it? Yeah. Um, blue milk. <laughs> blue milk. Fuck that. Um, I always, I always felt that that uh, Han was always a rum guy because he was a pirate. Yeah, I can see that. So I'm gonna do uh, rum with, not straight because you can't hit, you can't have straight drinks with uh, with cocktails. So uh, rum with a little bit of Red Bull and uh, mixed in a little bit of uh, candy uh, pop rocks. Okay, that sounds horrible. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna. That get... was off the top of my head. I was like, well, I kept going. I just couldn't stop. You're that just sounds like a fucking horrible drink. And that's what you're drinking. Uh. All right. I um. I'm gonna go with the tequila soda, just because I feel like that's also in line with Han Solo. It's like fun. It's upbeat. It's not too serious. You're not like pounding drinks, but you're like having a good time. Okay. With pop rocks. All right. Well, that wraps up our review of Solo, a Star Wars story. Tune in Friday for our weekly news podcast, The Headliners, and tune in next Monday for our review of American Animals. Awesome. See you guys next week. Love you.